0: Todd's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I've entitled the message that I want to bring this morning is my gospel, the gospel. In Romans chapter 16 verse 25, Paul said, "Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel." Paul called the gospel my gospel. Now, the fact that you're listening this morning indicates that you have something called your gospel. I have what I call my gospel. Here is the question. Is my gospel the gospel? Is my gospel the gospel? The gospel that excludes all other Gospels. Paul warned us in Galatians 1 6 and 7 of another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert or change the gospel of Christ. Now, is my gospel the gospel, or is my gospel? Another gospel, a gospel that will not save. Paul also said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13, that the gospel which was preached of me was not after man. It was not derived from any human source. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation Of Jesus Christ. Now I ask the question again Is my gospel the gospel? And I pray that you'll ask yourself that same question Is your gospel the gospel? Now I want to answer that question from Romans chapter 1, where Paul identifies the gospel. He says in verse one of Romans chapter one, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now, the gospel is the gospel of God. It's not the gospel of Todd. It's not the gospel of the Baptists, or the Catholics, or the Methodists, or any other man-made denominations. It's not even the Reformed gospel. The gospel never needed reformed. It's the gospel of God. Now, what is the gospel of God? He goes on to tell us, it's the gospel which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It's the gospel revealed in the scriptures. Now, let me remind you the Bible is the inspired, infallible word of God. The scripture says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's given to teach us the gospel. This is God's revelation of the gospel. It's the gospel of the scriptures. And look what he says next. It's the gospel concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, the gospel is the gospel concerning His Son. The gospel is not concerning making America a Christian nation again. It never was a Christian nation in the first place. It's not about some right-wing or left-wing Political agenda. It's not about affecting the culture and changing it. That's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I love His name, Jesus. His name means Savior. Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall. Save His people from their sins. Jesus Christ, He's the Christ. He's God's anointed. That means He's God's prophet. He's God's priest. He's God's king. And He is like no other prophet. Every other prophet said, Thus saith the Lord. He never said that. He said, I say unto you, He's God's priest. And he's like no other priest because every other priest brought the blood of an animal sacrifice. He brings his own blood. Blood that has power to put away sin and power to save. He is the priest who saves. He said to Peter, Peter, I pray for you that your faith fail not. You know what? Peter's faith did not fail. He said, Father, forgive them as the great high priest. And everybody he prayed for, the Father forgave. He's God's king. And he's like no other king. All other kings have borrowed power. Any power they have, it's given to them of God. He has his own power inherently. He has omnipotence. He's the omnipotent king that can make sure his will is always done. And he can cause all of his people to live, to believe, to persevere in the faith. He's Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the Lord. You know what that means? That means he's the Lord of creation. He created the worlds. He's the Lord of providence. Everything that happens in time and space, he's in absolute control of Everything. There's nothing that happens without his will. He is the Lord of salvation. He is salvation. If I'm saved, it's because he willed my salvation. If I'm saved, it's because he saved me. The gospel is the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And look what he says next. He says... The gospel is the gospel of God. It's the gospel of scripture. It's the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in verse 3, it tells us he was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Now, Jesus Christ, the son of God, ...was the son of David. The word was made flesh. The eternal son of God... ...was made flesh. He kept the law... ...in the flesh. He put away sin... ...in the flesh. He was raised from the dead... ...in the flesh. And he's declared to be... ...the son of God. God the son. Jesus Christ is God... He's God the Son. And here is what demonstrates to us. He's God the Son. The Spirit of holiness. His holy life. The only holy man to ever live. And what else demonstrates who He is is His own resurrection from the dead. You see, when He was raised from the dead, that means God was satisfied with everything He did. If He wasn't, He would have left Him dead. Now, the difference between... The gospel of God and every other religious figure is Jesus Christ has an empty tomb. Every other religious figure is still in their tomb, but he has an empty tomb because he was raised from the dead. Now, is my gospel the gospel? Let me give you some ways you can know And I won't spend uh, much time on any of these, but I want you to consider these so you can see if your gospel is the gospel, the gospel of Paul. First, does my gospel line up with the Old Testament scriptures? You know, uh, most preachers don't really much deal with the Old Testament scriptures unless they're looking at them as a... Character study, dare to be a Daniel, be as, uh, don't give in to temptation like Joseph, be courageous like Moses. And they don't understand that the Old Testament scriptures tell us the gospel. The New Testament cannot be understood without the Old Testament. Now let me give you one example. Does my gospel line up with the Old Testament scriptures? Here's one example. The Passover. Do you remember when God told the children of Israel to put the blood over the door of that lamb? And he made this statement. And here is the gospel. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Now, in some people's version of the gospel, God would say, when I see your faith. I'll pass over you. Or when I see your repentance, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your good motives, I'll pass over you. Or when I see your changed life, I will pass over you. But that's not what this scripture declares. The gospel of the Old Testament, God says, when I see the blood, the blood of my dear son, I will pass over you. Listen to me, if Christ died for you, God will pass over you. Does your gospel line up with the Old Testament scriptures? Secondly, does my gospel give God all the glory in salvation? Very important point. Does my gospel give all the glory to God? In salvation, God himself said, my glory, I will not share with another. Does the gospel I believe give God all the glory? Now, let me give you an example of a gospel that does not give God all the glory. If my salvation is dependent upon my decision, my free will, my acceptance of Christ, you know who gets the glory in salvation? Me. If I, through my own efforts, and through my works, through my diligence, through my Bible reading, through my prayer, through my self-denial, if I become more holy and less sinful, you know who gets the glory? I do. If I'm given a higher reward in heaven because of my personal obedience here on earth than somebody else, and I get a higher reward than they do, you know who gets the glory? I do. Now, in the gospel... No man gets any glory, and all the glory goes to God because he does it all. Thirdly, does my gospel give the preeminence to Jesus Christ in all things? That he might have, Paul said in Colossians 1, the preeminence in all things, Now, all that God is, is Jesus Christ. He is all that God is, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we give the preeminence to Jesus Christ as God the Son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He is all in the Bible This book is truly a hymn book. It's concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He said concerning the scriptures. They are they, all of them. They are they which testify of me. He's all in our doctrine. We believe in election. Chosen in him. We believe in justification. Justified by him. We believe in redemption. He redeemed us. We believe in preservation preserved in Christ Jesus. He is all in every doctrine. And I can't understand any doctrine apart from the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is most especially all in my salvation. All God requires of me, he looks to his son for. He is all. And you know, if you're nothing, it's easy for him to be all, isn't it? Colossians chapter 3 verse 11 says, Christ is all in all. Now here's the fourth statement. Is my gospel the gospel? Does my gospel violate any of the attributes of God? The attributes of God are who he is, as he's revealed in the Word. He's holy. He's absolutely sovereign. He's absolutely just, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's gracious, he's independent, he's immutable, all of the attributes of God. Now, does my gospel violate any of those attributes? If it does, it's not the gospel of God. Now, let me give you an example. Most people preach that God intends to save every individual that Christ died for every individual and paid for the sins of every individual. Now, do you realize that that notion violates the attributes of God? It says God is unjust. He can punish for the same sin twice. He can punish Christ for your sin and yet send you to hell. That's a violation of the attributes of God. It's a violation of his sovereignty. and makes your decision trump his desire to save you. It's a denial of his immutability. It says God can love you and then hate you and send you to hell. If my gospel violates any of the attributes of God, it is not the gospel. The gospel that excludes all other gospel. Fifth, does my gospel honor the law? Does my gospel honor the Ten Commandments? Does it give the reward for perfect obedience And the punishment for disobedience. Yes, my gospel does. My disobedience, my sins were punished in the cross. I'm given Christ's righteousness and I'm rewarded as one who has never sinned. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now a gospel that fails to honor the law, reward perfect obedience, and punish all sin is not the gospel of God. Oh, the gospel honors God's holy law. Six, does my gospel meet the sinner where he is? Dead in sins. Now, that's where we are. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, if my gospel can't meet me where I am, dead with no ability, with no ability to save myself, with no ability to contribute to my salvation, it won't do me any good. I think of the Good Samaritan. This is such a beautiful illustration. There was a man left in the ditch. The scripture says half dead. Now somebody says, how can you be half dead? Well, he was alive physically still, but he was dead spiritually. And that describes every one he saves. He comes to them dead in sins and gives them life. The gospel comes where a man is, dead in sins and gives him life. And a gospel that fails. To do this, a gospel that's dependent upon man's response and man's free will, man's works, is not the gospel of God. Seventh, will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Well, the first question is what is a sinner? A sinner is the man who commits the sins. God doesn't send sins to hell. God sends the person who committed those sins to hell. I've heard preachers say so many times, God loves the sinner, but he hates his sin. Well, you're not going to find that phrase in the Bible. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity, the scripture says. Now, can't get past that. Will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Now, let me tell you what a sinner is. A sinner is somebody who all they do is sin. And they cannot not sin. And all of their sin is all of their fault. They can't blame their circumstances. They can't blame their mom and dad. They can't blame God. They can't blame the devil. All their sin is all their fault. And someone who's a sinner really believes that he can't sit in judgment on anybody for anything. I'm unqualified because of my own personal sinfulness. And a real sinner believes that he has no claim on God's mercy or grace. He's in the hands of a sovereign God for God to do with him whatsoever he's pleased to do. Now, the chief of sinners is the man who believes himself to be the worst man alive. There's nobody more sinful than I am. Can God's gospel save the chief of sinners? Well, listen to this scripture. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.15. Paul said, this is a faithful saying. And it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. Eighth, does my gospel... Provide all that God requires. Well, what does God require? Perfect righteousness. He provides it. He gives me the righteousness of his son. He requires a new heart. He provides it. A new heart will I give you. He gives that new heart that believes the gospel that loves God. He requires Faith and repentance. You will not be saved apart from faith. You will not be saved apart from repentance. He provides that faith and that repentance as His gift. He requires for my sin to be punished. He provides the punishment of the sin in His own blessed Son. He desires me, or He pro- requires me to be without sin. He provides that when he justifies me before his holy law. All he requires, he provides. Will my gospel keep me saved? Will my gospel keep me saved? Jude 24 says, now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The Lord said, I give unto my sheep eternal life. Now let me say this, if I could fall away, I would fall away. But God preserves me in Christ Jesus, and his gospel, the gospel of God, keeps a man saved. He can't lose his salvation because God saved him. The gospel of God keeps a man saved. Now, can I face death and judgment with my gospel? Well, if there's therefore now, now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1, if that's true, yes, I can face death and judgment. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God justified them. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather that's risen again, who's even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Yes, I can face God in judgment with that gospel. Listen to this in first John chapter four, verse seventeen. We read, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Is he holy? So am I. I'm united to him. Is he altogether perfect? So am I in him. Is he totally righteous? So am I in him. Oh, as he is. This is the promise to every believer. As he is, so are we in this world right now with that I can face judgment will my gospel the gospel I believe will my gospel make me perfectly conform to the image of Jesus Christ romans eight twenty nine says for whom he did foreknow them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren John said in 1 John 3, 2, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every believer will spend eternity perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's heaven being with him and being like him. And last, does my gospel enable me to rest? There remaineth a rest For the people of God. This is what faith is. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. For he that's entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. As God did from his. When God finished the work of creation, the scripture says he rested. Why did he rest? It wasn't because he's tired, but because the work was completed There's nothing left to do. Will my gospel enable me to rest? Because there's nothing for me to do. He did it all. He finished my salvation. And I rest in who he is and what he did. Now, is my gospel the gospel? Well, does it line up with the Old Testament scriptures? Does it give God all the glory? Does my gospel give the preeminence to Jesus Christ? Does my gospel violate any of the attributes of God? Does my gospel honor God's holy law? Does my gospel meet the sinner where he is? Will my gospel save the chief of sinners? Does my gospel provide all that God requires? Will my gospel keep me saved? Can I face death and judgment with my gospel? And can I rest with my gospel? Well, my answer to all those questions is yes. Yes. If that's the case, my gospel is the gospel of God. And it's my prayer that God will cause your gospel to be his gospel The gospel of the grace of God. We have this message on DVD and CD. If you call the church, write, or look on our website, you can get a copy. This is Todd Nybert. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com. Or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.